Do you want to bring balance to all the wireless radiation fields in your life, including 5G? The Omnia Radiation Balancer is a small sticker you can stick on any device. It changes the state of the field and creates a new resonance between the wireless radiation and your energy field. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. It's easy to bring balance back to your body with the Omnia Radiation Balancer. Hey guys, welcome back. As you may notice, Aaron is back in St. Louis for the holidays. So we're going to do a few episodes from here together, uh, like old times. Got to get used to that again. It's weird sitting yeah, next to you again. Weird. Um, but no, we're looking forward to it. So we had a last minute cancellation this week and we reached out to our friend Dale Triplett. And I've had some conversations with him before and he's a former Marine Corps, former U.S. Air Force. And I'm aware that he has some missing time and uh, he's written a few books also that well, sci-fi books that turned out to be not so sci-fi after his awakening, which is really interesting. So we're going to get into that. Um, before we get started with all that, though, just a reminder, we have a new promo code for Hopewell Farm. Uh, it's going to go through Christmas and that is Truth Christmas and that gets you 15% off all Hopewell Farm CBD products and that will go through January 3rd. Uh, don't forget about our Teespring uh, promo, 20 and back, gets you 20% off all of our Teespring merchandise. And don't forget to get a ticket to the Secret Space Conference, May 2nd through the 5th in Grafton, Illinois. And I'm sure we'll be chatting about that a little bit. I know, Dale, you're going to be there, right? Yes, I am. <clears throat> that is that is the plan. Right. Yeah, Already? We're, we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be here before you know it, you know, after the first of the year, we're really going to be pushing and promoting it. So putting a lot of energy into it, and we're really excited about it. But, I'm, I'm excited. The lineup you've got is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. Um, so welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. Been a fan of your guys for a long time. Uh, you, you, you've really stepped up the game when it comes to, to this this subject matter and your open-mindedness and but you just don't take everything at face value either you do a little bit of you do your homework and, right yeah that's, thank you we just don't we don't know we don't know <laughs> well exactly yeah exactly i think that you just said it best we don't know and Aaron, we were just talking about that today there's so many conflicting mm -hmm. narratives right now and some of them are like extreme opposite narratives so yeah and we were talking like, you know, maybe one side's not fully right. Maybe the other side's not fully right. But there's probably partial truths all mixed in there. And it's up to us to connect the dots and just take mm -hmm. it all in from all angles. But don't marry yourself to any one person yeah, or narrative. To every bit of it with the grand. There's, there's some that I ardently support. And I, I just have full faith in them. Uh, right. Tony Rodriguez. Right. Um, Will Nutter, Joan Fritz there. 
Michael Gerloff, the one that really first kind of opened my eyes to this and has, has fallen off, uh, off the face of the earth. Jason, uh, what was Jason saying? Jason Rice? Angie. Yes, Jason Rice. <clears throat> um, go, going back to Michael Gerloff real quick. Guys, if you don't know who he is, um, what year did he come out? And Michael Sala did a bunch of interviews with him. What year was that? 2016? I think, I think it was 2014. 2014. Okay. That's uh, um, maybe 16. They've, they've been out for at least four or five years. Uh, it's a, a set of five interviews that he did in Hawaii. Right. They're and on. That really woke me up in a big way. You actually made me aware of him. Um, they're on Dr. Sala's website. I don't know are if they, you watched them. but on YouTube? Yeah, still? they're still on. I mean, not, not his website, his YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, they're absolutely fascinating. I'm like, how did I miss this guy? You know, and then unfortunately, he's not doing interviews anymore. But um, we're not, not talking sure. about him today. We're talking about Dale. This <laughs> yeah. uh, is a lot more interesting. He has. But what was what intrigued me was the similarities, both for Missouri both had been student body president, both had had experiences when we were young with like shadow beings, um, both served in two branches of the service, both with the Marine Corps being first, and then he went Army, whereas I went in the Air Guard. But all those things kept popping up. And when he was talking about his accounts with uh, with the Draco, I, I thought some, I'd heard the term Draco in like a medieval literature and fantasy referring to dragons and stuff. And that's how I use the bad guys in my book. The descriptions of what I had of how these beings were was was spot on to what he was saying. And all these little things, the the meeting in particular, I, I got selected for special testing, which is a big deal in boot camp. I had some corporal tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, you're selected for this test. Follow this corporal down and there was uh, in a, a corridor downstairs at uh, Marine Corps Recruit Depot in San Diego. It was at basement level, which is odd, even in California. But <clears throat> standing in this line and you've been up for God knows how long, you're exhausted, you're going through all the testing, all the physical stuff, getting a million shots. It's just that where are you, where are you down elements. And you are get your head in front of the guy in front of you and dude leaning behind you trying to catch a, a few winks standing up. And I remember standing at the door, looking in, and there was a horseshoe-shaped room in an office. And you could see sitting at the desk inside the office uh, a young Marine captain. And he had a stack of folders, like your service record books that we were just getting then. And you would just file in one at a time. I remember getting into the room, but I don't remember anything else afterwards. The next thing I know, I was waking up in my bunk absolutely disoriented had no clue where i was nothing seemed real and and drill instructor was right there beside me and he said it's okay triplet uh you had a spell just rest you'll get back to training tomorrow and i was like what happened and he's like rest recruit and you just do what you're you're told and i remember just slowly saying no, okay i'm in boot camp i'm i'm in the marines i'm in hell <laughs> this is not fun i should have joined the air force first but it, uh, whereas Gerloff remembered his interview for that section. Was it the was, same recruiter or was it? No, no, no. He was, he was in, he was in the service about 10 years before I was. Okay. Okay. So he's, he's quite a bit older than I am. I'm 51. So and I went to the boot camp in 94. Basically. I did serve the same time as, uh, as Johan Fritz or Will Nutter. Okay. Okay. We, so we basically the same scenario happened with you and Gerloff, but 
Gerloff actually remembered some of that missing time in your right. case. He had, a, he had a copy of a Mars telegram as well that he had requested that a captain to do. And so he, it verified that that meeting had actually taken place. I've talked to a few other Marines and lifelong friends and stuff that have had very, very similar experiences. Uh, one in particular, he was he was more special operations. But he and a buddy were missing about 30 days at the time. Really? And a whole month just gone. And they, wow. they hasn't been able to get it back. I might get him on a show one of these days. I don't know if he'll come on. Though. <laughs> now, yeah. how long do you, do you have any idea how long that meeting was where you had your spell and you just woke up in your bunk? Days, hours? Um, probably just a few minutes. And it was just that I had never been that disoriented in my life. And I, I remember when I took the ACT test in high school. I don't remember all the particular questions, but I remember the day I went down there. And that was in 1986-87. And I still remember that session. What is unnerving is to have that block of memory where I, I don't have any any recall. And to have, have been put into a rather stressful situation. But then you get immediately into recruit training and, and for, for the next three and a half months, you, the only thing you do without permission is breathe. So it's, it's easy to follow it away in the back of my mind. I didn't even think about it for years until I saw the Gerloff interview. And, and I remember going, wow, okay, that's, that's where I was. That's the same scenario that I was going through. And his encounters and what he'd seen, it was just, it earmarked too many similarities. Every, every time I look at the starscape or the, the planet the view of the planet from from the, the space station i always say i'll see that again not i'm going to go see that i'll see that again at like i've been there right reached out one of your guests uh one of the guest speakers there at, at the conference um rebecca um rebecca rose had, had rebecca rose and she did a she did a reading for me and it was directly related to ssp involvement and and unlocking more memories and trying to, to, to do that. And her, what came through for her was that I was very, very much a part of that. And it's like, do you remember? Do you remember? And uh, I guess of a significant role. That was a, a pretty emotional thing for me to read. And it was almost like flipping a switch to where some realities are kicking back in. I don't have anywhere of the recall that that johan fritz does or that tony rodriguez has i've had the odd dreams and everything seems to be locked in subconscious but when i bring these elements out in in my my fiction writing those that are participants are saying dude you're you're nailing really close to some of the things that are that go on within this programs right no less on the super soldier side and i've had lots of conversations with penny bradley and um her experiences me around. I lived in Germany for 13 years. I speak pretty good German, but uh, but all the imagery, everything is too familiar, and it's not for pop culture. And I know we get influenced that way too. I, I like to play devil's advocate when it when it comes to this. It took me a long time to even fathom the possibility that this was real, that this actually was occurring, and I wanted to find every possible other explanation I could psychologically and am, am I deluding myself as it was it wanting to be included in something that's so bizarre to, to feel inclusive is there some type of a psychological trigger or disorder that that makes 
people do like the whole live action role play element. Mm -hmm. And so I, I will bring on a skeptics, please absolutely tear I, this apart and, and, and show me. Yeah. I'm from Missouri. Show me. <laughs> show me. Yeah. Say, yeah. I actually love that mentality because you're right. There's some, there seems to be like something occurring, taking place amongst experiencers who maybe they want to be a part of the SSP or they want to be they, like, it's like, being uh, sitting at the cool kids table or something cool so they so they take their experiences and they take things that have happened to them in dreams and they try to mold them into like an ssp timeline and it it seems to be the case with some people but then other people it's, it's pretty much clear cut like okay this this guy's got legit memories that he can verify obviously we have both things occurring right now but i think what's more important with having you on and talking about this is the fact that missing time does in fact occur and and you can attest to that and you're not the only person that's saying that and we have to connect the dots we have to you know we have to take everybody's story at face value until we can you know until we can take it a little deeper with uh memories and stuff like that but uh yeah so i don't know as far as so have you after your session with rebecca did anything come through did anything start no it was it was just more of a to be honest it was almost like just a peaceful feeling it was a simple acknowledgement okay that I, i've got a little tiny bit of confirmation from an outside source that i do respect and i and i and i i like her integrity um i researched the thunder out of her to see if anybody had accused her of being a charlatan being a con man and then i could find nothing in interviews i'd watched with her too the her experiences there and, and, and what she does. It's, it, it just gave me a little bit of peace of mind that, Hey, I'm not friggin' crazy. And, and this is something that, that is happening can happen and probably is likely still going on right now. Yeah. Absolutely. I, mm -hmm. Other things are like with Tony Rodriguez. I'm, I'm also an editor. I've edited a little over 30 books, a lot in uh, fantasy and a lot in the paranormal worked a lot with David Weatherly with uh, the Woodknock series, uh, Nick Redfern, Lyle Blackburn, um, Travis Walton. I've, I've, I've worked nice. with these people on, on what they're putting out. And it's always to try to reel the language back into where it's not definitive to, to say, okay, this is might be, possibly, could be, or what their actual experience was. I was so excited about Tony's book coming out and I had reached out I'm on this Patreon and I, I said, man, I want to I want to edit this for you. And it was a paid gig and I was going to do it for nothing. And set up, had some meetings with him and Jackie. And that's that document sat in my, my computer. And every time I would go to try and open it, I would get physically sick, physically sick. I never once opened up his document. And I'd, I'd already signed non-disclosure agreements. I'd, I'd gone over those those elements. I, I couldn't do it. Uh, when I f did try and try, I had three computers crash on me when I tried to open that document. It's and I don't, I, I'm anxious to see was, but I, I had that, just an absolute wall on the version. And I'm, I'm not a rich guy. I needed the gig, you know, yeah. I, I needed, I needed the money. And, and plus I really supported what he was doing. And I wanted to put my skills to, to his benefit, to, to make his language better, to make it a, a good read. And it still kills me. I can't wait to just apologize to him again in May up there. Yeah. yeah, St. Louis. I, I I've spoken to him, and I'm 
I'm pretty sure he understands. But what I think is happening or what occurred is there's some sort of block, some sort of trigger there. Um, who knows what kind of external forces are at play, you know, sometimes. And maybe by you reading that, it might actually trigger something and activate something that will cause you to remember. And maybe there's an external force at play trying to prevent that from happening. I don't know. That's just I know of- they can. I have heard of people saying that they they do do programming and some of these secret programs where they will program you when a certain topic comes up or a certain something you you try to talk about, you'll start getting sleepy. You'll start getting sick, yeah, not like you said. We first talked about that. Uh, yeah, so, so that when you said that, that's what that reminded me of. I'm like, oh, it's you have some kind of like programmed things, and I'm sure you could deprogram it somehow. I don't, I wouldn't know how, but it just it really freaked me out because like, it's just an odd yeah. behavior. I, I've been overwhelmed with projects and stuff at the time. Where it's like, man, I really don't want to. Or I've had writers that were really, really lousy, and I didn't want to work on their stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. this sucks. But I still do it and and get through and get the job done. And for for me not to dive into that project head first and just chomping at the bit and ready to go, and then not to be able to even physically open the document that that really freaked me out. Mm-hmm. And I and I still don't understand that. But what you're saying is that some I wasn't supposed to. A lot of it is uh, what scares me is maybe I don't want to know. Maybe that those blocks are even in for my own mental yeah. health to be able to process that. Be. I, I still don't know how Tony does it. You know, that have lived through what he did. Oh, yeah. That's a I great know. that's a great point, though, um, because I wonder is some, you know, there's hundreds, if not thousands of people having experiences, having memories come back right now. Uh, they're popping up everywhere. And some people I've spoken to, it seems to be like they're having legitimate memories coming back and they don't even want to come public but you know sometimes they reach out and just want to tell their story and it it seems to me like this is a real occurrence this is really happening and i think uh one of uh i won't say her name but she was explaining to me her theory she's like yeah just because we're on a positive timeline doesn't mean that timeline doesn't need to be healed so by mm-hmm. everybody remembering these traumatic events and these things that happened to them, it allows them to heal. And as each individual heals, the timeline heals. And that's the way she kind of envisioned it. And she thinks that's why she thinks she thinks the timeline can't heal until certain individuals heal. And um, that's just how, what it looks like right now. So, but in this, mm-hmm. in the same, at the same time, does it always benefit us to remember such traumatic things? Like if you were, if there was a slavery aspect to your time in the programs, that's, that's traumatic, you know, would it benefit you to remember that or would it not? That's where we have to ask ourselves if we're trying to figure stuff out. We have a fragile mind. We have, we, in this meat sack, we have so much that we can process and, and it's insanity is a real thing. And I, I believe coming face to face, if you had just an absolute recall of 20, 40, 60 years worth of uh, likely very, very brutal experience and, and, and not a nice thing. Guys that have two years of combat come back scarred for life. <clears throat> you know, they're, 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 they're messed up. Mm-hmm. So if you've engaged in elements like that for an extended period of time and, Rebecca was playing at command elements and, and 
and and and where my experience was and intelligence things of that matter and according to what she says and in my own just the subconscious the things I dream about and that seem a lot more more like a lucid dream at times and and Tony put it well. It was like it was Groundhog Day. It was getting up, brushing your teeth. It was those those things, and it's like why why dream about that? You know, you want to be Superman. You want to be fine. You want to go out and kick the bad guys, but but it's just it's walking down corridors, steel grating imagery. I'll see sometimes and make me go the, the whole deja vu. And I was like, wow, okay, I've I've seen this. I know this, and it's not from another movie. It's not from something else. It's just why do I know this? How do I know this? And it'll put me in a sometimes a real somnolent mood <clears throat> and it'll get me edgy not go pour a drink and, and chill out or just get real moody. And, uh, Sounds like triggers. So other, oh, big time. So how far? OK, you when, when did you write your Halcyon series books? Um, I wrote I wrote a short story called Halcyon for. Uh, Andromeda Spaceways In-Flight Magazine, Australian sci-fi magazine that no one's heard of. It's not a bad rag. But that was in um, 2006 or 2007 was when I wrote the short story. So and this then, was all post-military, correct? Correct, yeah. right. It was like I'd all been out of the Corps, been out of, been out of the Air Force. And uh, when the recession hit, I was out in Phoenix, and my wife at the time couldn't buy a job man it was rough i was out of work for two and a half years and she encouraged me at that time to to go ahead and pick up and write my novel just calcy on the short story extended out into a full feature and i said not a bad idea i've got time on my hands might as well and it took me took me about five years and i i finished it in 2012 i was living in sedona and published it right at the beginning of uh, 2013 and then another five years for the second book that just that just came out back in July and it'll probably take me another five years to, to wrap up the trilogy but well I think yeah, so um, after speaking to you on the phone the first time and you were telling me about this like you thought you were making up a lot of these characters and a lot of, you Everything. thought you were you thought you were making it all up but as you've gone through your awakening you're realizing that maybe I wasn't making this stuff up. Maybe a lot of this was actually in your subconscious and right. some of the, some of the correlations you were making was kind of blowing my mind. Cause you had specifics about like reptilians and certain things like that, that you had no, actually no awareness of that you thought you right. were making up. Right. With the, with the Draco in particular and, and not realizing. And when I start hearing these accounts from Johan about what the Draco's role is and these, and I'm like, this, this is exactly how I painted this picture and how, how the hell does he know that? Or is like, did this guy read my book? Is this what they're basing it off of? You know, but it's, it's the other way around. It's like having been involved. There's some email communications with, with, uh, Johan too. And he, the, the, he doesn't confirm. He won't, he won't affirm anybody's account. So it's, that's, that's not his style. And I actually applaud him for that. But he says, yeah, you do look familiar. And because we, our service in the Corps was at the same time. I was in from 94 to 98. And I, I was in the Air Force from tail end of 2001, beginning of 2002, and I got out in 2004. So that was, uh, that was my service time. So that, what, what, I'm just curious, like, 
like what kind of pictures in your book? I have not read your book. It's called Halcyon's Wake, correct? Halcyon's Faith yeah. is the first. Halcyon's Wake Love is the second. And okay. It's the Halcyon's Wake Chronicles. So what kind of details in particular were you shocked to find out and to hear these other guys talking about? The lunar base. Now, a lot of the premise in my own mind, I wanted to take all of the, the pop culture elements about ufologies that we've known since the 40s, since Roswell. And, and my whole premise behind it was, what if it's all true? Just take it as truth, that it has been covered up, that Eisenhower did meet out there in California, that we did have a base on the moon. <clears throat> and and I laid that in there as, as part of the reality. It was the filling elements of the characters that were around it that I had, I had pulled out of some from what was in there in the mainstream element, but the stuff about the Draco, I'd never read anything about the Draco. I never heard anything about them. Um, I've got other creatures, the Tanaki and the Scytherins. Uh, Scytherins, they look like humans, but they're they're far older. They they live hundreds and hundreds of years, like the biblical ages. And uh, the Tanaki are basically Bigfoot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they're just badass warriors, and they're and they're really cool. I'm giving tons of spoilers, man. But <laughs> spoiler it's, alert. It's, it's a. I'm I'm proud of the tale actually. And it's what's funny is working on book three now, now knowing what I do know about the SSP and having that's kind of twisted itself into the into the narrative. And it will be a big part of the, the third book as the that that is the last battle itself. And I very nice. So it's uh, maybe it's maybe cool. you're writing the maybe you're writing the trilogy on your own 20 and back. You don't even know it. <laughs> yeah maybe. i'm not that cool man i am not that cool <laughs> uh, no but i think it's all fascinating there's no doubt in my mind that you're tapping into some subconscious memories or something along those lines mm -hmm. uh, and i think a lot of artists probably do that artists entertainers um writers you know they might think they're making something up but it could be somehow just in the consciousness of the collective well that's either. a real thing yeah the uh some people call it the morphogenic field. It's like our, yeah, the uh, humanity's collective consciousness. It's an actual, you can scientifically prove it actually that it exists. And it's so we think we all have these individual minds, but really we're all tapped into one mind to one field. One so that's why you see like throughout the years, you'll have like all these, a whole bunch of different people all invent the same thing at the same time because they all get the same ideas. And somehow it happens in clusters. It seems to like people get the same kind of downloads at the same time. It's like, um, I think from like, the field, so. I think David Wilcock put it once. It's like, because maybe that happens for a reason, because like, let's say five people across the globe all get the same idea to invent some free energy technology. Mm -hmm. Most likely only one out of five of those people is actually going to act on it. So yeah, like right, maybe it's like a universal law or something. It's like some mm -hmm. the universe's way of making sure something happens because they know like I can have an I've had we've all had ideas to invent things, right? Then we see something like, hey, I had that idea two years ago, you know? And because they know that somebody's gonna grab that idea, but not everybody who has the idea is actually gonna do something about it. So that's just interesting to think about. Diana Pascoca talks about that a lot. Uh, the professor in, in North Carolina, she was doing the religious studies and just kind of stumbled into this realm. And she wrote American Cosmic, exceptional book. 
but the ones that she was tapping into were all in the tech sector. And these guys were getting together and they were doing their meditating and, and, and it's big money tapping into that, that consciousness element. But it's the, it's an unwritten club you don't talk about the club mm-hmm. and, but what they're acknowledging, but these are highly successful Silicon Valley billionaires, millionaires, you know, and that's, this is what they're doing to, to tap into that aspect. So maybe they don't want us, they want to keep us poor. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so what are your thoughts? Just shift it up a little bit. What are your thoughts on the current events? Um, on what's, t- what we hear is taking place right now. Um, from people like Elena Denon, Michael Sala, and what are your thoughts? I'm sure you keep up with some of that. What are your thoughts on all that? And just currently, what do you think is happening? I I got to where I got so just burnt out with with media and, and everything, and I'll I'll, I'll I'll watch you guys. I'll, I'll follow a few podcasts, and <clears throat> if you were that more mainstream uh, uh, researchers and some obscure guys and just conversations with friends and back and forth and, and opinions. And I've been, I've been studying this since I was a kid, man, since watching in search of, you know, and nice. it was just, it's been a, a lifelong passion. And hit tried to hit the conferences starting in about 2010, I think is when I finally really started to attend it. And I hit the UFO conference. I lived in Phoenix. So it was right there still on Scottsdale. I think so you nice. guys are what, when it moved downtown, I think you were there three, four years ago. I, I forget if you guys were Phoenix. Ago. To Wasn't that Phoenix you're talking about? Phoenix? Yeah. We were just there before, this summer. Uh, we were there over the <laughs> summer, but not not before that. Not, not before that? Okay. No. I'm just no. making stuff up then. I swear I saw you. <laughs> we were in Phoenix and Sedona this summer. That was it was party. clones. It was clones. Yeah, we was, yeah. yeah, maybe it was our clones. You know, who knows? It's our doppelganger. Yeah, I did see that you guys were in Sedona. I love Sedona. That, oh, yeah. Spending 2012 there was a blast. It really was. It had yeah, some crazy amazing. experience. I, I live next door to John Burroughs, or, or okay. just in the same section of the town. And and John and I become pretty good friends. I was I was a real nut on Rendlesham, and my uh, the Rendlesham Forest incident was was huge to me. Mm-hmm. Good friends with Peter Robbins, John Burroughs, and I, I just all the characters and the players in that. And I'd been in Europe when that was going down. Oh really? And and some of the kids I grew up with in high school. I was I was in Germany for thirteen years. Oh wow. At, uh, uh, Hon Air Force Base and Premier Station. My dad was Air Force also. He enlisted right after I was about a year old. And I had a few guys that had been saying, hey, did you hear about what happened in England? This is before anybody in the, in the world is hearing about it. You know, I said, like, dude, there was a UFO out there and all the SPs. And, and so kids that had been stationed over there and their dads get orders from England down to Germany instead, staying over at European theater. And so I've just, I've researched a thunder out of that my whole life. As far as modern take, it's always going to be more of the same. I, I really do. I I love Lou Elizondo. I really do. And man, I, I kept him at arm's length. Like you wouldn't believe when he first was like, okay, you're from the government and you want us to trust you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not, Not happening, man. As you're an intelligence operative. And it was really hard, but man, the more I listened to that guy, he's either the smoothest operator that ever lived or he's legit. He's straight up wanting to find the answers. I sense he's being honest. I do. I did too. He's just telling what he knows. Yeah. And and I'm sure he he knows a lot that he doesn't talk about. Because he's he's been asked about remote viewing in particular before, and he dances around that. He won't 
he, there's certain things he, he doesn't want to yeah, say. Yeah, so I'm there's sure. certain things probably he can't say. When I said that, he has said that he was trained as a remote viewer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's, uh, uh, the guy, hey, and he moved to Wyoming. I was out there for seven years. Anybody that can stand Wyoming is all right in my book. <laughs> that's a tough place to live, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so getting back to like the current times or the, whatever, the current events, I guess. Um, as far as this war, the spiritual war, this that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, what, what's your take on, like, what do you think we're at right now? Because, like, there's there's two narratives. We're, one's, like, we basically lost or we're losing. The other one's the, the opposite, where Earth is being liberated. Uh, the solar system is being liberated. The, the awakening is happening. Right. The, and and yeah. I know you don't have the answer. I'm just curious on what you're talking Actually, about. I do, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> right. I... I take everything like that with a grain of salt. I, I don't think there's nothing new under the sun, as I said, you know, that there's always going to be a constant battle of good, evil. All, that's, that's perpetual. Mm-hmm. Um, even like you, you're talking about healing along a timeline to heal a timeline. That's hard for me to wrap my head around. And anything that takes that level of conjecture and speculation, unless they're, they're channeling something that's pretty freaking cool. I'm, I'm just going to get back. Up, okay. Uh, let me hear what you got to say, and, and then just take, make an assessment of it then. I'm, I'm not easily swayed by a lot of uh, speculation when it comes to good versus evil, white hats, black hats. Um, wasn't a big Q fan. Really didn't. I was like, come on, guys, really? And and I know a lot of people had bought into so much of it was there, and some things, hey, were coming about to fruition. But a lot hasn't. And... That's why I say I just take everything with a grain of salt, sit back, listen, That's listen true. a whole lot more than, than opening your mouth and right. making yourself a fool. I actually love that stance. That's probably, that's the wisest thing to do right now. And as we go farther along into this, um, it's the smartest thing to do, honestly, because like you said, we, we've been, well, you didn't say it, but we've been let down by thinking things were going to happen by listening to certain people, even Q for instance, um, and some things didn't manifest and a lot of right. people were let down and the, the morale of the collective went down because of that. So it's, a, it's like a lesson in not giving your power away. Also, mm-hmm. like we all like hear this stuff and we think like we're winning or this is going to happen and it doesn't happen. And then people lose motivation and they lose hope, you know, so that brings them back and they just kind of check out. And uh, so by not, by t- by taking your approach, you can prevent that from happening to yourself, and you you remain sovereign that way. It's a to me a misplaced hope. I would I would file that away sometimes. That it's you're gonna get let down if you put your faith in people. You know it's they will. They're always gonna disappoint you in some way, shape, or fashion. And when it comes to this realm, where the biggest answer to every question is, we don't know period we don't know and the ones that make definitive claims about what they supposedly do know that's that's the ones that i actually really push back that's that's cult crap that's uh that's how people get brainwashed that's how disinformation gets spread right and some some russian intel agents laugh and go and they bought that they bought that guess what they're talking yeah. about on the show tonight yeah it's going around making the real and they're like score why is it gotta be a Russian intel agent? <laughs> 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 oh, don't trust them. 
<laughs> I know I'm joking. Yeah, that's why it's far. And I was telling Tyler this earlier today. As far as like information about external things that are happening, I I put a lot more weight on at least um, people that are actual contactees or that, are, that at least you know they claim to be actually in contact with an ET or with ETs and they're getting directly from them. Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what's happening. This is uh, rather than like a person that gets intel. Oh, my sources or my anonymous intel or, and they and they think it's something, but who knows if it's, they're being deceived and, you know, being played and, or, or if the people do have good intentions, but they're being played, you know, it's like intel is such a like slippery thing as far as it, how much is true is any of it true you know it's the right, disinformation right. intentionally to mislead us in a certain way uh so i i don't these especially these days i don't put much weight in oh this is my intel that i got this is from my sources you know of what's happening right. it's like okay well i'll take it in. i'll 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 put that on a shelf but i'm not gonna put any no, weight on that well, you know <clears throat> won't won't sell the farm but on it you know mm-hmm. and making those nah there's 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 still too much crap out there. And there, and there are people that simply just want attention that, um, that like the limelight. Oh yeah. I've, there's, a, there's a few big names out there, man, that does ruffle my feathers and I won't as the, to quote one of my friends that wouldn't piss on them if they were fire yeah. <laughs> and, and just absolute charlatans. And there are, there are still a lot of oh, cons yeah. in this, in this field. Oh yeah. People not regain. And it and there are some legitimate researchers and there are people mm-hmm. that have great questions and there are people that are doing some really great work in but then there's like Michael Sala who does amazing research and he's he's able to really connect dots with things and form the Sala did, in my book at least. Yeah, I I would I would give him an like a C B B grade overall. Mm-hmm. Uh honestly, it's he's going to stumble across a few that that aren't legit. But yeah. I think anybody that, that does that can great researchers, my, my buddy Peter Robbins, man, and, and and having to pull back left at Eastgate after after his his primary witness, Larry Warren, basically lied to him about him and about his involvement. Oh, and wow. yet that was the premise of the and that that's that, that crushed Pete. And, and Peter's a great guy. But yeah, it's hard if you put all your eggs in one basket, then they're they're gonna get crushed. At, yeah. At, well, the, there's that. something that I yeah. think or I think occurs um, because I think it's occurred to us even, and it probably happens to Sala and everybody who has a channel doing this stuff is we're being tested, and there might be people sent our way who have stories or have information or have this, and it might be a disinfo agent, and it's mm-hmm. like a, right now is the ultimate test of discernment for everyone. But let's just pretend somebody goes to Dr. Sala with this information, but is it's up to him. Is he just going to believe everybody that comes to him with Intel or is he really going to vet it? Same with us. Like if we, if we had every person on the show that reached out to us that wants to come on the show, like it can be dangerous. It, it can actually yeah. be dangerous. Yeah. It's your, your reputation on the line. You let somebody on here that's just trying to pull the wool over people's eyes, trying to sell something or even to sell a concept to, to get people away from anything. That's just a, uh, Nope. I ain't selling squat. Yeah, you can buy my book if you want to. I know I ain't got a rich. That's why I'm waiting tables still. Yeah. <laughs> and editing, you know, gotta gotta pay the bills. But um no, there's there's still a bunch of cons out there. And yeah. Right. I don't like nothing. I'm gonna get sued. I can't afford it. You know, all we can do is uh make our own our own connection with uh 
you know, divine source, whatever you want to call it and work on ourselves and do what, live the life that we know is good, you know, and, and do the best. We just even conversations like this or, or what's very helpful. Yeah, that, exactly. And yeah. connections like this and, you know, that. And, and, and somebody hears and says, wait a minute, this happened to me in boot camp too. Or, mm -hmm. you know, it, I had a similar experience, not quite the same, but, and then start connecting the dots. And to me, it's just, it's a, it's breadcrumbs. And yeah. it's, it's tiny little bits, little, little doses and just focusing on it. I, I got to where it would, uh, it would just made me sick to where I, I trying to process the reality of it. And it's like, we're just freaking cattle. You know, why, what's, what's the whole point of even being around? We're immortal beings. Why did I choose this existence to have to worry about this? It's more of a struggle. It's almost more of a struggle of faith even. And I, mm -hmm. I can see how ufology is, is, is turned into a, a religious aspect as well. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's why Diana Pasolka and, and, and how her compares encounters with, with, uh, with beings and the religiosity of ufology. And, and, and you've got, well, you've got lines down that even some of my buddies, we, we agree to disagree, which is the best, the best way to do it. There's some like, nope, I don't believe him. I just don't. And others like, yep, that dude's telling the truth. So it's, mm -hmm. uh, but how do I know? How do I know if I'm, if I'm just like, okay, you just, you just got duped, dude. Like right. <clears throat> some people that, that have been discredited, like uh, Stan Romanek. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I still believe Stan. Me? I do. I spent a lot of time with Stan and, and his Me wife over, over the years. And uh, I could see him getting in some desperate financial situations and stuff and wanting to, to make some really weird claims. But the, the experiences he had and, and what he was channeling and, and those elements, taking the math, the formula, the guy that's got a fifth grade math level. Right. Showing mm -hmm. the, a physicist uncle of mine going, not too sure about this, you know, and, and uh, it's, I still believe Stan. I just, I just did. Well, a lot of people think, or they yeah. claim that he was framed as the pedophile, like that never actually happened. I think, I think so. I really do. Yeah. He, I think he so. just never came across to me as that, that, but had, I mean, you can't tell a pedophile by the color of their right. eyes or now i will just you know while we're being honest i do have a story about stan it is disheartening but it doesn't mean that his what his experiences aren't real so i know um chuck zakowski he's a author um he's he's affiliated with mufon and he mm -hmm. um, that show, he had a show on travel channel he had a show on travel yeah. channel called alien highway, alien highway yeah. um yes. which, which was actually really good but anyway he that was assigned he was a, one of the field investigators that was assigned to Stan Romanek. And he's actually in the documentary um, in Stan's. He's actually in that documentary. And he still to this day vouches for Stan's. He thinks a lot of that stuff happened to him. But unfortunately, he had to he had to check out whenever he caught Stan faking an orb video because they would literally be assigned to park outside of his house every night. And he was taking like this red glowing ball and throwing it and filming it. Oh no. And, really? and they caught him. He did the one thing on the interview where he had a pen in his pocket and he just threw it over his shoulder. Like, yeah, really? Stan? Come on. So, and so I think he, he was getting he was some some Well, he, stuff? no, he, well, towards the end, because, the end. Okay. because he, 
they some people like the fame they like the attention that makes sense and there's and there's personality flaws and everybody you got addicted to the fame and, and the attention so that's so he had to i mean i've heard that story literally firsthand out of chuck's mouth and i don't think chuck would lie about it you know mm. but he does not he definitely doesn't let that discredit everything else because mm. there are some real things that happen to stan the guys if you don't know what we're talking about there is a documentary you can find i don't know what platform it's on anymore but it's called extraordinary extraordinary the stan romanek story and um, really it's a good. great watch it's it's, it's really good it's yeah. totally worth your time mm. and uh yeah so i think it was on netflix at one point. it was at one point not anymore on prime one or the other mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, yeah stan stan was straight up dude but even, even others get there's uh travis has been attacked since, oh, yeah. since 1975 they've been on hounding that that good man relentlessly he's awesome too i met him in person i met him in person contact in the desert cool cool yep travis is he's he's getting grumpy in his old age and getting tired of having to defend himself it's like guys you know this that ruined his life the oh, whole yeah. experience and and all those guys affected by it it so who would want that who who would want to risk their 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 marriages, their their livelihood, their just comfort? But uh, nah. Yeah, exactly. That's right. why it's like okay, I don't really like. Give me a few memories. Give me something that I can sink my teeth into to actually acknowledge that this is is a real experience for me. But don't traumatize me. I yeah. <laughs> I want the happy version. I want the happy memories. I don't want the stuff that that tony talks about right right but it's i think that's more of the truth well than anything so yeah you said you know other people also who've had missing time that haven't came forward yet correct you said that several Uh, actually and do they do they is it just missing time is that all they know or do they do they actually have things the the missing time element that's 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 generally associated with about every abduction scenario you have. That's, that's always in place. Yeah. Uh, with these in, in particular, because I was a real nuts and bolts guy for a while, you know, just the, the trace evidence cases and, and, and what was tangible, what was recorded, what was, what, what could we measure? Mm-hmm. And, and I used to laugh at the whole super soldier stuff. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> Go, the, the the comic book conventions two blocks down guys this is the ufo convention <laughs> this is reality <laughs> and i i really was was damn near dismissive um and then absolutely blowing it off mm-hmm. until i um <clears throat> william thompson in uh, tompkins thank you in uh in phoenix in 2010 or 11 sat down had a few cups of coffee with him and and i was like okay this oh, you, is this is really different oh yeah oh that's at, cool. at, the, at the conference and i i had no idea who he was um just bad toupee an older, <laughs> older woman and yeah. and i wicked dandruff problem going on you know and i was like okay this is a crazy old man <laughs> and still talking with him and, and he, he was talking about his model ships and then how he went on and i said wow this guy is spinning a great yarn i said but you know what i'm going to order some whiskey and i'm going to listen to this guy <laughs> <laughs> just just so i can go yeah, like yeah I'll, I'll hear him out this is entertaining yeah 
And then later on, uh, meeting the the guy that was with him in a lot of the interviews, the the other old gentleman that's uh, Bill, Bill Bill Wood or Bob Wood, yes. Bob Wood, not Bill Bob Wood, Bob, Bob Wood. Wood. And Bob's like, he's like, this guy's legit. Mm-hmm. It's straight up real what he's done, and uh, he convinced me more. And that just planted a seed. And I didn't hear anything about it for another few years until Gerloff came out with his interviews on cell. And that was just a random deal. And I saw the guy in the Marine uniform. So I figured, hmm, what's this about? And then that just blew you wide open. My wife watched all five interviews when she got and said, watch this, watch this. And she was blown away. She knew what my experiences were over, over time. And, and it scared and there was her. no accident. You were drawn to that interview for whatever reason. And just how you mm-hmm. said earlier how your story is like mirrors his so much mm-hmm. like down to specific details it's it's almost like were you guys being groomed shadow beings, shadow beings in my room at a very early age uh I used to always stay up at night reading i was perpetual bookworm just having a shadow figure at the end of my bed that is that's still just it conveyed absolute malevolence and it just mm-hmm. froze me and I, I remember that being just terrified uh seeing a craft my, my first encounter was when i was about four or five in, in uh, abilene texas at dias air force base and just laying in the backyard looking up at a perfectly blue texas sky and seeing a triangle that was uh, like the color of a tangerine and just i remember i can remember cocking my head going huh what is that and just staring at it and then not remembering much else. Had a few other sightings in in uh, in Germany. Had uh, several in Sedona with John Burroughs, Jim Peniston, uh, and a few other people out of Enchantment. That still just freaks me out. Wow. And uh, really, and uh, a buddy Mike is over on the uh, village of Oak Creek side, <clears throat> and we're sitting out on the back porch. I was strumming a guitar passing the dude but it wasn't good as smoke we looked off towards the airport and i was a load master on c-130s and uh mike had been a, a crew chief on f-4s and i'd grown up around the air force so i'd been around the flight line my entire life i i, I hear jet noises especially military when you say oh okay that's that's f-4 that's f-16 that's an f-15 that's f-15 you just you just recognize it mm-hmm. and looked off over and he, he goes yeah what is that and it was just at uh sunset and you know they've got the helicopters that go around and do tours in sedona and i just glanced over and said oh it's a halogen off that helo <clears throat> and he said he said i didn't hear any rotor wash and i stopped playing and listened and it was dead quiet and all we saw was this about the size of a silver dollar at about 500 plus yards <clears throat> next thing we know it's right in our face and it's as big as a beach ball maybe 10 feet from us wow and it's just there and it's just a white light with like an opalescent surface and then the next in it it's shot up and when it shot up here's what's really weird we were at sunset sunset and this thing went straight up to satellite level and you could see it pop and then off 15 degrees to the right, you could see a little iris start to open up. And then this thing went whoop inside it and pop, disappeared. Like a little CM uh, drive, yeah. The sky was completely pitch black 
full of stars, full of stars, full blown. You've seen Sedona Nice Guy. You know how awesome yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. But it takes a bit to get there from sunset. Mm-hmm. So that's more, more missing time for Mike and I while we were sitting there. Wow. It um, had to have been uh, hours had passed. And like I said, we, we were smoking weed, but it wasn't that good. Wasn't that good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Um, that was a, that was a that was a really cool experience. Yeah, I've had missing time at East City before, but three hours. I woke up. Oh, at, really? Yeah, I think I've told Did you. Did you tell me? Yeah, I've told you. Um, I woke up at like three something in the morning. Oh yeah, I remember. To that to I, to go pee. I woke up and the whole room felt like it was in a vortex. Like it was literally like I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, what is? It was weird. Was this the, just the last time? No, Uh-oh. no, this wasn't the last time. But I had a weird. You had that weird dream. That's yeah. But I woke up and I, I went pee. I came back and laid down and I was laying there for, I don't know, 10 minutes. And I was just thinking, man, I'm wide awake now. There's no way I'm going to fall back asleep. You know, sometimes I was just like, damn. And so I, I realized I wasn't going to fall asleep. So I grabbed my phone to just play with it because I wasn't tired anymore. And I look, and then I grabbed my phone. It was 6.15 in the morning. And I had just woke in like 15 minutes prior. It was, it was 3 o'clock. And I just remember looking out the window. I'm like, holy shit, it's light outside. Like, I didn't know what happened. I didn't know how I got from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And I didn't sleep. I wasn't sleeping. And it was just, I I was exhausted the whole next day. I felt like I just missed the whole night's sleep. It was weird. But yeah, uh, yeah, this shit happened. So I don't know. I couldn't tell you what happened. But I know it was a weird anomaly. Um. We don't know. Right. And but actually, it's something. I just got back from Florida. I was down there for a 1212 uh, ceremony meditation retreat. And on 1212, it was Sunday, uh, at 1212, we did a ceremony. And there was about 20 of us. And we had a craft show up right overhead. Broad daylight. New, it was like 1230. Wow. Um, one of the ladies noticed it. And we all, all of us saw it. It was a silver craft, like it looked like a ball, and it looked like it was just spinning in place. It was pretty far, it was pretty high, but it, once you saw it, you couldn't not see it. Could not not see it. Yeah, and, uh, it looked like if if like a big bright planet showed up in the middle of the day, kind of. But it looked like it was clearly spinning. You could almost it was like flashing or spinning, and we watched this thing, and uh, no, it wouldn't show up on anybody's camera. We couldn't, it literally wouldn't show up on the cameras. And we watched this thing. It moved around a little bit and it started finally taking off to the left and then just disappeared. But, and it was only there during our so- ceremony, which is really interesting. But it is. Yeah. Mm. So you it's not cool. it to show up. I've had several that I filmed in, in Phoenix, just from my front porch. I was outside all the time, riding, jump in the pool, cool off, right s'more, chain smoke. And several daytime sightings in, in Phoenix. And, but nothing. I, I, my buddy Eddie Cotty, he's a graphic designer, and I sent him the video. It's like, dude, you got to check this out. This is so cool. And he's like, dude, there's, there's, there's nothing on here. Nothing. And I was like, I absolutely saw this thing. And, and he's like, I believe it. He said, but dude, there ain't squat on this video. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. That. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I've heard that. I actually have a cell phone video, though my one amazing sighting that wasn't at like ESETI or anything. Uh, I got a cell phone video of, and it's it's on the vid. It's you can see it on the video. They all came different parts of the sky. They came three lights 
formed uh, like Orion's belt in formation. Stayed there like that for like five minutes and then just slowly flew away. I didn't right, know you had right that Yeah. What? I never showed you that. No. Yeah. You told me the story a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, I know you've heard of it a hundred times. We need it. If we find it, maybe we'll edit it in it's, here. It's not like it doesn't show up super well, but you can still see it. You can still see the, it. Yeah. yeah, you can see it. Most of them don't show up well. Yeah. No, they never do, unless you're on Jaime Masson's show. So yeah, that's really cool to me that you met William Tompkins and actually got to talk to him. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. It was and, uh and then I didn't I probably did not give him the respect he he warranted. I just simply didn't know who I was talking to. And yeah, that's and what makes it even cooler though. And you guys and, and the interviews done with us like holy cow, I should have I had a lot more information there available to me and I never even tapped into it. And he just struck me as kind of a crazy old man and i i really kicked myself for that i wasn't rude to the guy don't get me wrong i'm not a, sure. i'm not a dick but, <laughs> but, but you went into it with it's like meeting a celebrity and not knowing as a celebrity like you treat them like a normal person and it's, right that's better to me that's mm -hmm. that's cooler it gives it because you were really uh you you were skeptical you know had you had no yeah i don't know it's just i like that i like that approach to it um, you were talking about in your book, how you, you know, some of your characters lived hundreds of years. That's one of the things William Tompkins talks about. I'm actually reading mm -hmm. his book right now, selected by Ex extraterrestrials volume two, which is actually technically edited by Bob Wood. Um, he's the one who's right. putting, he's putting his like journals together in the book form, mm -hmm. but he was doing that all together back then. And Bob was saying how much of a struggle it was. And, and as an editor and having read the books, I was like, yeah, you had your job cut out for you and you did <laughs> right. a real good job. Bob. But, yeah. but one, of the, exactly. one of the things Tompkins talks about is um, the ability that, that, that we have Basically, our, because our DNA, our DNA is being manipulated to live an average lifespan of 75 years. But mm -hmm. he said, without manipulation, it's possible for some beings be to live up to like 2,500 years in some cases, mm -hmm. which is what we see in biblical texts and stuff like that. So the fact that that was even in your book, like you probably encountered beings that were living those long lifespans or, you know, or <clears throat> some subconscious memory of it. And uh, I think it's really interesting. That's one of my, that fascinates me to think how much longer we should be living, but even, but the way our system is designed right now, it, it would be, it would suck to live that long in this world. I mean, and being locked, well, locked into the matrix. I mean, it starts changing, yeah. which it looks, you know, if it, yeah, if it changes, way, a lot of, you know, if it changes, definitely. Well, but, you know, won't start collecting social security till you're 2,400. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if uh, the free energy starts coming out, yeah. and, uh, you know, the replicators. But are this, what I'm trying to say is this system, the, the cabal having... system, isn't designed for people to live that long. It's just simply not like, yeah. You if, know. if you're working a job you hate for yeah, 300 yeah. years, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. It wouldn't make you'd any to, sense to live that long. You'd have right? to have, we'd have to be able to live and, live our passions and do what we spend our time the way we want you know yeah and uh be more connected to the earth and to each other and yeah a lot of things would have to would have to change for sure right. not, not be poisoned from every angle of everything right and be a water everything like media yeah yeah <laughs> just everything right uh we wouldn't yeah. even we wouldn't even know how to act in a, in a world like that no we surely wouldn't I, that would that would get old real real fast 
Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But hey, man, it, like the more, you know, people awaken, the more consciousness raises, like that's causing the change, you know, so that it's like the most important thing is to just for you yourself to awake, to awaken and raise your own consciousness and to, yeah. to live from your heart. And then, and then to, you know, you can't force anyone to awaken, but you just keep planting the seeds. You just keep like doing what you can to, uh, you know, help others to rise as well, you know? And I see, I see it happening. I see, I see that happening, but at the same time you see the craziness with like the brainwashing and the, um, you know, people that are super programmed, just digging in deeper into that and and fear and everything. So it's kind of like these two diametrically opposed, uh, uh, things are playing out right now. And it's really, it's really interesting and crazy (laughs) to witness, but it's those those two though, but you've got, you've got good people and you got bad people. That's what that's like, like will, uh, Nutter and, and Tony, mm. everything that I see them doing is to help other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's their motivation. So, yeah, he's sick of telling a story. And I, I would absolutely be just, oh, I don't know how Travis still does it. You know, I just get tired oh, of it. I don't know how he's been and for so long. That's like, oh my God. If you're in a village, people, did you ever get sick of playing YMCA? Yeah. So, but, you know, it's, mm-hmm, it's exactly. just done. No, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> Keep you limber. I I still think this the the motivation behind it, the impetus behind it is, is what's going to make a difference. If 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 it's out for good or if it's out for gain. If you're trying to do individual gain, then it's just gonna bite you in the ass. I'm yeah. sure you might make you might make your few bucks and get your pound of flesh, but you're not you're not doing the world any favors and you're not doing humanity any favors, you're not doing yourself any favors. Right. Yeah, That's exactly. Truth. Yeah. The truth is is what's most important. Just truth. Yeah. No matter how hard the truth is to be able to actually to reveal that. Exactly. And whatever that may be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Could, not, could not agree with you more. Could not agree with you more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, that's why I'm excited about putting this conference together the way we have it themed and everything. Uh, I we hear these people tell their stories all the time, but it's different whenever you get to meet them face to face and sit down and have a conversation with them and feel their energy and see what they're actually about. And if there's a shill, you know, people are going to feel they're going to spot them They're yeah. You know, that's just how it is. Like, and it's it's really to me, it can only help further along disclosure and the awakening and all of the above, because just even be, be, by being around each other, it's crucial and you get to really tap into somebody's energy and you know is this person lying is this person legit you know you get to feel into who they are and spend four or five days with them and it's and that's, that's why i love favorite. the conference yeah. so much didn't didn't sleep at all just sitting around a fire pit and just shooting the shit with mm-hmm. with with like minds and and yeah. to be able to say okay so this is what you're saying you had this experience and say, wait a minute, I was here at the same time. And you start crossing. I was like, I met one of the guy that was a flight engineer on C-130s down in uh, Antarctica. Uh, Linda Moulton Howe interviewed him years ago. And, and they had to make the emergency to go do a medevac and were authorized to fly over this no-fly zone, the supposedly like an environmental impact study that no contaminants, no aircraft are out. When they go over that, that's when they had that amazing signing. It was the same time I was in 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 the Air Force. And just being a 
he was a flight engineer and I was a loadmaster, but we're both on C-130s. That was cool. And the, the more I've talked about this, I've been approached by people on Facebook and stuff. And I'm very, I'm very public. Hey, you got questions, PM me. I'd love to listen to it. I'm part of one of the SSP groups on Facebook and stuff. And even there, I'll take it all with a grain of salt. And, you know, I'm not going to affirm anything. It's like, hey, if I can help you, if if there's anything that I know within my story, something you read my tale that's, that that rings a bell with you, why? Tell me why. And 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 that way we're we're learning together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and progressing. Knowledge is power. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I don't like that. The source the source won't allow me to talk to you. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's funny. Yeah. Well, that's just, that's how you weed people out. It's exactly. Things like, yeah. that, you know, um, but no, man. Yeah, man. We're, uh, um, where can people find your book? Uh, primarily. Well, hang on. You, you, and if they want just a print just version a autograph bit. for me, they can. You just, you're chopping up a little bit. Um, yep. Sorry. Say it again. It's on Amazon. Uh, the print versions and Kindle versions. And I've got, I've got the audio version of the first book, but not the second one. I have been too lazy to put that. Oh, Ringo. (laughs) There's my girl. Ooh, she's brought booze. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) So Amazon, and we'll put all those links below in the description. Also, I appreciate that. Like, anybody can reach out to me on Facebook as well. And I am on Twitter. I don't follow Twitter as much these days. I'm uh, just, just too busy. But uh, and I'm always up. Anybody that has their own their claims and stories and they want to write their elements about that. I I am for hire as an editor. So it's uh, I try to keep it affordable for everybody in this realm. And right. uh, cool. especially if you get if you get a good story and you've got some decent writing, I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a ghostwriter. I'm not going to rewrite your friggin' book for you. You write your book, I'll fix it. <laughs> I, I fixes the words. It's what I does. Nice. There you go, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron's been I'm working. actually writing a book right now. So, all right. I'm on it, dude. I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. There's some friggin' block like with Tony where I can't open it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless that happens again. That yeah. was not a really good thing for me to say marketing wise. I don't believe no one's going to, it's a block. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. No, I think if, it, to, if I heard that story, it'd make me want to read the book even more. I'm like, Oh man, it's gotta be some yeah. really oh, it's good stuff. Be good, yeah. But a lot of people are looking for, people are looking forward yeah. to Tony's book though. Anyway. So, Oh yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I hope he actually has it out by the time we're there. I think that's his goal. I though. think he will. Yeah. 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 Um, I haven't talked to him in a while and, like I probably did torque him off, not not finishing that. That like, Tony Robbins, I'm sorry again, dude. I really am. No, I'm sure he understands. He's, no, he does. I'm sure he, he does. does. He's, the, he's the coolest guy on the planet. He's, I he really understands. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but he probably won't let me do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right, man. That's in. That's just outside of St. Louis, right? In uh, Grafton, Grafton, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. St. Louis Metro. Yeah. 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 That place looks awesome too. It does. It really looks like an impressive facility. It, so, it's, which I think tomorrow yeah, we're gonna, we're actually heading back there tomorrow. To, I haven't seen it in person yet. So yeah, he hasn't seen it. So we're going to be out there tomorrow. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. It's it it's ideal. I mean, I, it couldn't be a more perfect place for a conference. Uh, and it's just a beautiful. I agree. Town. It's a beautiful um, town. And 
Yeah, and it just I started a new job here last week. And that was a condition of my employment. I said I am signed up for a conference in May. Uh, <laughs> nice. My hotel. I said I'm, I'm not going to be here that week. Like, no problem. That's so, awesome. Nice. Yeah, awesome. I put my my own employment at your behest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, I am honored. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm guys. Yeah, the guys grab. Um, don't forget to grab a ticket. Four hundred and forty-four dollars, yeah. four days, That's twelve good. speakers. They're, hotels only like three grand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. No, but there is yeah. there, there. You can stay on site in the lot at the lodge in the cabins or right next door, walking distance. There's a campground. I, I think it's mm -hmm. like twenty bucks a night or something. I I could be wrong about that, but or you can get an Airbnb somewhere. Yeah, there's hotels nearby. Yes. Yeah, there's hotels plenty nearby. of options. Um, to me, I like staying right on site when I'm in the conference. I get to because I, I stood around and don't have to drive anywhere, and I can just yeah. sit. Yeah. And be the king of the outdoor fire and just yeah, yeah. full <laughs> circle with all of the freaks. yeah there is there exactly. is a fire pit out there um so if we I can do fires, a there's, fire pit. Mm -hmm. there's a you know there's a place where we can potentially do sky watches if the weather permits you know that's always fun and i i've never really uh, been out in that area at night so i don't know what the stars look like but if we're meant to see something we will and yeah, uh, a little closer saying it's not going to be sedona sky that's for sure no it's right, it's, right. it's it's yeah yeah, it's like suburbs area. Yeah, St. Louis, but there, that's that's got, you ever, Did you go with the uh, uh, Melanie's Skywatch group when you were in Sedona? No. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. Really? That was so amazing. I we saw some crazy stuff. Uh, oh, I yeah. know it's in the stars on the military side. You know, it's this was a nice man. That was a trip three hours out there and we're just seeing crap all over sky yeah Everywhere. wow i love it, it sounds That's like we, we've had nights like that at east city and yeah uh, it's been yeah so i've always wanted to go out there really bad oh you need to yeah it's amazing yeah i made james in 2011 at in phoenix oh yeah and i'm just a good guy oh yeah he's and amazing yeah it's just yeah, and the, the few sessions you've had with him too, I really, I really enjoyed that. He just seems like a very likable, genuine guy. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, he is. He's he's. Super there's only one version of James, <laughs> and you see it on camera, off camera. Yeah. You know. He's also like a five-year-old that's in a seventy-year-old body, body of a seventy-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. He's got yeah that kind of sense he's, of humor. He show up at a ranch and like he's like sword like practicing sword fighting and stuff and like showing us moves and like they're like, and he has like a you? fart machine yeah. that he'll like prank you with all, yeah he's a kid he's just a big kid. yeah he's <laughs> but that's probably he's why hilarious. things happen around him because he's always he's out there with aliens man you gotta get a release yeah. Yeah. exactly right um all right man well i guess we're gonna start wrapping this up this was a lot of fun chatting with you well, I appreciate uh, you me. thanks for Thanks for reaching out. I love being the substitute guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we we've I've had hey. it in, you were in mine anyway. You were on. Yeah, the we would have had you on anyway. But. So. And, well, and, okay, sure. Yeah, you're like sure. No, by any no. means, by all means, too. If if you have any memories or anything triggered, you know, if something, anything that you want to talk about or share, just let us know. You know, we can do I this. Sure again. will. Well, I I. I I genuinely look forward to, to meeting with you guys there in, in, in May. And if not sooner, if I'm up to St. Louis, pop in and say howdy. Right. But yeah. um, it's, uh, 
it's uh, and just thanks again for letting me be on. Um, I hope it's worthwhile for your listeners. Viewers. I think it was a great. Oh, I think it was a great conversation. conversation. Yeah. yeah, we talked about actually a lot of important stuff, in my opinion. Um, yeah, stuff that you know we we hear the narratives, but nobody talks about the narratives. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, it's it's kind of nice to break it down and explore what's actually happening right now. And nobody, like you said at the beginning, we really just don't know. And it's it's. Right. And that's the greatest answer. It really is. That's a great answer. We don't know. So, hey, job security for the shows like this. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, called, it, you're screwed. You're out of a job. The show is called Journey to Truth, not Destination. Yeah. Or the truth as we see it. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Definitive truth. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks again, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. thank you so much, man. Thank you, man. It was a You're lot of amazing. fun. And can't, uh, can't wait to and, see you in, in May. Happy holidays to you both as well. You too. Yeah, you yeah. Too. And uh likewise to our listeners, happy holidays, Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, if I'm allowed to say that. Whatever else, Han- Hanukkah, <laughs> yeah. whatever you want to celebrate. Um, yeah. No, but yeah, seriously, guys, thank you all for your support. Um, we've been getting some, you know, we had to take off last week. Aaron was traveling, I was under the mm-hmm. weather, uh, which it was nice to have a, a week off anyway, but because uh, I mean, we hardly ever take a week off. It's it's been a long time. So yeah, um, work hard. I mean, it shows really. We're, do. we're back you. at it, but we can't do it without you guys. And the support is just un is overwhelming sometimes. And uh, even even me being under the weather, it's like all these like healers just tap into the ether and they reach out to me like, "Are you okay? I feel like something's going on." I'm like, yeah. "Actually, yeah, I'm not feeling well." Yeah, it's amazing how these amazing. people tap in. So um, thank well, you that, all. Thank you all. For the viewers, uh, uh, leave any questions they have for me too, just in the comments, and I'll, yes. I'll be sure and review all the comments. Oh, great! Yes. great. Yeah, guys, please right. do. Now you're gonna so, get to see all the go. haters come to the surface now. Oh, bring it! Bring <laughs> it! I've been married twice. You don't scare me. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, good night, guys. Thanks for coming on, Dale. This was amazing, and uh, we Adios. will see you next time. Have a great evening. Outstanding. Adios.